When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. And I'm Evan Novi Williams, and you're listening to the National Summer Podcast of Canada, the Sportacast. The National Summer, the what is it? Maybe the official summer podcast of Canada. For those who don't know, because you think the national sport of Canada, everybody just knee jerks to ice hockey. That's the winter official, you know, the national sport. The summer sport is lacrosse. And we are overjoyed to have Nick Sakevich join us, the commissioner of the National Lacrosse League. Uh, Mr. Nick, it, it, it was just, what, a, a few hours ago, you, were, you and I were together in Las Vegas, and now I, I see you on the screen. Uh, all in all, though, from an onlooker standpoint, from looking at social media, from hearing the discussion, a great weekend for not only the NLL, but for lacrosse in general. Yeah, no, great, Scott. Thanks for having me on, Evan. Scott, I really appreciate it. It was like, it felt like a dream. And it was like, it was 48 hours ago, Scott. We were there. It was amazing. Uh, really amazing. It reminded me so much of so many things um, in my Major League Soccer days. And it felt a little like uh, our David Beckham moment, only it's with Wayne Gretzky and he's an owner in our league now. Yeah, it's normally the aha, ooh-ah moments are reserved for the star athletes. However, I mean, let, let's set the stage for what you did. You added a franchise in Las Vegas. That alone will get attention. Owned by Joe Tsai, of course, owner of the Brooklyn Nets. Joining him in the ownership, we have uh, Wayne Gretzky. You have Steve Nash, another Canadian, the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, and Dustin Johnson, Wayne's son-in-law. That is a big-name star-studded group, what does that do for you? What did you see in the hours, days? And I want to talk social media, but we'll, we'll get there. But what, what was the feedback that you saw in the hours and days after the announcement? Well, and as the announcement was unveiling, my phone was exploding uh, with texts and emails from, you know, 27 years in the sports business. You get to know a lot of people, but it was great. Uh, you know, the relevance of the National Lacrosse League, the relevance of the sport by having those types of high-profile people involved. Um, also, the credibility. Um, I think it, it speaks a lot to the credibility of a league and, and where the league is going and the sport in general when you have, you know, the number one golfer in the world and the greatest of all time hockey player and uh, a Hall of Fame basketball player, now amazing coach in the NBA. When they and they get up and talk so nicely about the sport and the league. It's really spectacular. I saw the uh, I saw the the social media post of the two of Josiah and and Wayne Gretzky playing catch in the uh, I guess in, in the stadium or in the arena. Is there going to be an alumni game at some point? I'd love to see those guys actually competing at some point. Well, actually, what's really amazing about this ownership group is that all of them, uh, except Dustin, uh, actually played lacrosse at a pretty high level. Joe in college, Wayne growing up as a kid in some pretty amazing youth lacrosse leagues, and uh, and Steve 
played lacrosse in BC in Vancouver. Yeah, I want to talk about investment, but there's the financial investment that people make in the league. But when you're looking to grow a sport, I think having ownership that has an emotional investment in seeing that sport succeed is probably as important as the dollars and cents. Is that right? It's as important without question. You know, the having the passion for the sport combined with the financial wherewithal to be able to grow a sport in a league over the long haul is critical. And if there was ever one lesson I learned in MLS, it's that without Robert Kraft and Phil Anschutz and uh, Lamar Hunt's passion, uh, the rest would have been just, you know, a story, but not reality. So having those guys, it just makes it, it makes it that much better and that much more impactful. It's as important as the money. And I will tell you the ability to invest in the operations of the club, that's important as well. And we're so excited about the way they talked about the local community in Vegas and how they were going to invest in it is very nice to hear. Nick, can you to kind of take a step back, kind of set the stage for our listeners about what where professional lacrosse is in North America right now? It's obviously a fast-growing sport at the youth and participation levels. There's been some upheaval and, and, and some consolidation in the outdoor game. You guys are the, the main league in the indoor game. Just give us a sense of kind of how the, the growth at, at younger levels is filtering up into the professional ranks. Well, we, we've kind of uh, seen we've seen a, a little sleeping sport emerge uh, over the last ten years with dramatic growth at the grassroots level. Like in some regions of the United States, triple digit growth in participation, and that slowly has been percolating. And with the growth of the NLL, uh, dramatic growth of the NLL over the last five years um, has been great. And then the consolidation of the two leagues into one with the PLL now. I think it feels a lot to me like where soccer was in the mid nineties when we started MLS, where it was just beginning to get on into the consciousness of people and really beginning to galvanize and align together. And then look what you have today, you know, like 30 years later. So um, I think it's lacrosse's time, Evan. I think it's that it's that moment where the sport is beginning to assert itself into, into the, common consciousness of people. Soccer in that time had a, had a massive event in the U.S., the 94 World Cup, which was kind of the birth of, of Major League Soccer. D- does lacrosse need something like that? Is there some kind of one thing that, that maybe you can point to that maybe hasn't happened yet or, or maybe it has that is the, the kind of the birth of that, that kind of next renaissance? That's a great question, Evan. It's never one thing. It's a series of events. So yes, the 94 World Cup and then the launch of the league in 96 and then, you know, some pretty tough times around 9-11 and the launch of Soccer United Marketing and then David Beckham. So one of those moments in the National Lacrosse League was on Monday when, when Wayne Gretzky now is becomes an owner and partner with Joe Sy and Dustin Johnson and Steve Nash. We'll have we'll see those moments. There'll be those moments that show up on the timeline when the 30-year story is written of where the league got to. And, and that's what we experienced in MLS, and we're getting that here now. Uh, MLS expanded quickly. It's no secret that you two have some eyes on expansion. Uh, did the phone ring from prospective ownership groups? What's the runway look like for folks looking to own a franchise? Well, the phone did ring. Um, I knew it was going to, but I didn't realize how many times it would ring since Monday, uh, Monday's announcement. We've been, you know, throughout the pandemic, we've been keeping on the 
slow boil some discussions we had pre-pandemic. And those discussions um, opened up, you know, after that announcement on Monday. Let's not forget, this is the second franchise we've expanded with in the last 12 months. We're, we've had two new expansion teams join us during a pandemic. And I think that speaks to the quality of our ownership, how good an investment it is, and what the future looks like. Yeah, let's name some of those owners. You've also got Kroenke Sports and Entertainment. You've got Pagula Sports and Entertainment, obviously, big in, in Colorado, big you know, in Buffalo, the Sabres and the Bills. Uh, what do you look for in ownership? What, what, what makes a good NLL owner these days? Um, passion, that passion piece that you mentioned, Scott, earlier is definitely a, an important piece. Um, passion for sports, passion for lacrosse. And um, then obviously financial wherewithal and the ability to invest long term. And then we look for a quality arena in a great market. And it strategically and geographically fits our fits our expansion plan. So if all those boxes get ticked, we go. What is critical mass? When do we hit critical mass for NLL? What's the end game in terms of total number of franchises? I have an affinity at 16 because um, I brought the 16th franchise of Major League Soccer in, in into the league. So, But I, the reason that's not for that reason. The reason is after 16 teams in Major League Soccer, you saw a hockey stick effect in the league. And I think that, that size footprint is really attractive for sponsors, for broadcast partners, um, and gives you the ability to scale up from – now you go from 16 to 30 or 32 teams and you get that hot. Certainly Major League Soccer had that hockey stick effect. And I'm seeing a similar trajectory in the NLL. Without tipping your hat too much, can you name some cities that you're that you're looking at? I think the last three have been San Diego, Dallas, Fort Worth and Las Vegas. Clearly a spread kind of out west and south, which we're seeing at all levels of lacrosse. But mm-hmm. what are some other cities that are that are on your radar? Yeah, look, we're focused at big cities, big markets, because we now have a media business that's paying us some money, um, not a lot of money, but we have a emerging media television business. And in order to drive and fuel that business, we need big markets. So it's no secret places like Chicago and Boston. And, um, you know, we already have a team in New York, which is great. And and Los Angeles, San Francisco, Tampa, Houston, these are markets where we're going to be very focused on and in some cases have ongoing discussions right now. That, that was beginning think, to sound like a Huey Lewis song. <laughs> <laughs> we, we also think there's more to be had in, in Canada. You know, in Canada, box lacrosse is massive. It's the summer official summertime sport of the country. And we think Montreal and Ottawa and Winnipeg and Edmonton are also uh there for the take there for the taking. Yeah. I want to actually mention, you know, we, we talked at the beginning about, about Canada, uh, the, the sport that a lot of Americans pl- grow up playing as lacrosse is, is, is more akin to the outdoor game. Um, how, how big is the opportunity in Canada? Not lost to me, obviously that both Wayne and, and Steve are, are probably two of the most famous Canadian athletes of the last two decades. It's big. Um, it's still like, I think we can be an eight, nine team league in Canada alone mm. um, because there's such an opportunity to make money actually owning a team and operating a team in, in all the arenas that are up there. Clearly the commercial opportunity and is massive here. And it's, it's not anymore. The kids are playing box lacrosse and field as part of their diet of, of lacrosse year round, which is just making the athletes better, the kids better. And um, and so we the commercially, the 
I mean, because of population and size of country is clearly below the border, but the ability to put more franchises north of the border is, you know, we can, we can get to eight or nine teams in Canada. I'm very confident of that. Since you spoke about revenue and media, maybe now's the time for me to pivot here. Uh, you, you are negotiating new media contracts right now. And that, at least in the big, the big four U.S. sports and, and MLS, and the media component is the number one revenue driver. And it comes at a time where things like sports betting and data and second screen and video games, there's a lot to take in. What are those discussions like now, if you can say who you're having them with, and what is the end game? How do you approach it? What's the strategy for the new contract? Well, for a league like the NLL, that's an emerging and growing league, it's not about the deal we're negotiating now. It's about the next one and the next one after that, because we're a growing league and you know we know who we are and we know who we're not. We're not the NFL. We're not the NHL. We're not going to command massive rights fees right now. We're going to command modest rights fees right now. Um, but I'll tell you, the landscape shifted. Sports betting companies are now aspiring to be content companies. Traditional content companies are getting into the sports betting business. Um, but what all of that means is strategically content is even more valuable, especially live content is even more valuable today than, than before when there was, you know, three national broadcast channels, right? So it's complicated. It has to be strategic. You need the right partner in the right space um, that's committed, committed to growing your league. It's very, it's very different for the big established five leagues. For us, it's about getting the right partner with as much broad distribution in linear, digital, and second screen, sports betting, gaming, that type of thing. So there's all these different components that we got to piece, piece together like a puzzle. And we're really excited. We'll have, some, we'll have some really good news here coming up soon. Does the infrastructure exist or, as they say, like when you're getting ready, ready to sell a home, you have to spend some money to make some money? Is that a truism for where you are? You might have to spend some money to build infrastructure for things like sports betting before you can really capitalize. 100%, Scott. You have to invest in media and revenue when you're a league like us because in order to capitalize on wide distribution on major networks, they demand a certain level of quality production. So up until this point, we've been providing a certain level. Well, we need to take our level up and that requires investment. But that investment will be paid back over the long haul because we'll along, our, along the way, we'll attract sponsors more distribution will attract more sponsors that'll generate more revenue. And then eventually you get to the point of critical mass where you're driving large scale audiences that brands want to pay for. And, that, and that's how you grow the business. But hundred percent. And we built the infrastructure the last couple of years, we've built the broadcast production infrastructure and the sports betting infrastructure to be able to deliver that in this upcoming season. We're speaking with Nick Sakevich, commissioner of the NLL. And Nick, can you be a, a little more specific when you're talking about what you're what you're investing in to ramp up that production? Is it fancier cameras? Is it more videographers? Is it people kind of behind the scenes that are making content specifically for social? What exactly does that look like when you when you say we're here and we want to be there? I, I will tell you, Eben, I was hanging out with the social media coordinator for the league um, or the Vegas team, actually. 
Um, and he said that video, the behind the back video with, with Joe example. and Wayne, three million impressions, you know, by far and away record for, for the league. Um, so, I mean, they clearly understood how to do it. And by the way, he also told me that he's established a relationship with the, exist- the existing clubs there, the Golden Knights and the Raiders, sort of a, how can we help you? He said the other teams there, the, the established big teams in the market are very willing to assist in one of those, you know, rising tides, uh, rising tide help floats all boats that they're, they're participating in the social media conversation to help the new team. Well, it's all of the above, Eben, too. It's, it starts with people, high quality people that have experience that know how to deliver high level broadcast uh, and then giving them the tools, the equipment to be able to deliver a, a production and the quality. Um, but today, Scott's right. You know, today, creation of content can be done on, on an iPhone. That's how that video of Wayne passing Joe the lacrosse ball was created off of, a, off of an iPhone. No offense, Nick, but that that first pass from Wayne wasn't so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give him a pass on it. I, I was threw it off the wall. Even, I was surprised he even <laughs> attempted to pull it off. When he went behind the back, that was when, uh, when my eyes yeah. opened. Then, then Joe started showing off because he was on target. He clearly is out there every day practicing. Right. right. Nick, I'm also totally fascinated by Las Vegas as a professional sports city. Four years ago, if we were having this conversation, you know, the, the general feeling from a lot of pro leagues was that the proximity to gambling was maybe a little bit too much for them. Now we have an NHL team. We have a NFL team. We have an NLL team. I would not be shocked if Major League Soccer and or Major League Baseball are there in, in the coming years as well. What, when you look at these cities and you mentioned you want big cities, places where the game has grown, what about the kind of the entertainment aspect and even the gambling aspect of Vegas kind of stuck out to you and made it alluring? Well, one of the reasons we made a beeline for Vegas and really put it on our radar early is because we a little known fact about the NLL is that we we put about a million fans through the turnstiles every year. 70% of them never played lacrosse. Mm. There are, there are other sports league fans, other sports fans. They fall in love with box lacrosse and our version of the game, but they're NFL fans, they're NHL fans, they're party goers, they're concert goers. And that's what makes the NLL unique. We And when you talk about entertainment, you know, Las Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. So we just thought that the fast paced nature and the quality of our athletes and the lacrosse combined with the entertainment aspect of our in arena performance was tailor made for Las Vegas. For people who don't know, and some of the listeners may not be aware, but your players are actually, you know, part timers. They, they, they do other things. What are you going to do with the influx of requests? I don't know how long their contracts are, but when everybody says, you know, when that Vegas team starts, I'd, I'd kind of like to sample that club. I'd like to, I'd like to play for that team because I'm expecting a whole bunch of players to say, that's where I want to be. Are you expecting that? Yeah, I, I am. And I'm expecting, you know, that's another like magic number about the 16, because by the time we get there, we really got to start thinking about full-time athletes and full-time lacrosse players. And listen, some of them are already because the way the PLL is set up in the NLL, we kind of match the two leagues together schedule wise. We have a lot of players that play in both leagues. So that's all they do is play lacrosse. So we're going to have to get to that full-time athlete um, probably sooner than later. 
how do you guys fill a roster on a new, on a new team? The Vegas fans that, that like the Golden Knights will remember that the the expansion draft in the NHL was very kind to them. Is it is it a similar process in NLL or is is it different? Similar, Evan. Yeah, it's similar. In a couple of weeks, we'll have an expansion draft where all the the teams and the rest of the teams in the league have already protected, uh, have listed a protected group, and all the other players will be be drafted by Fort Worth. They'll participate, and then next summer. Las Vegas will participate in a similar expansion draft. And then we have our entry draft in September where um, that expansion team picks first in every round. How valuable is it for the new teams to be viable contenders at the, at the beginning? We, we've seen a lot of new teams in sports that are really bad in their first couple of years. And then the Vegas Golden Knights are a perfect opposite example. Oh, where yeah. They hit the ground running. They were good. And it was a massive commercial success from the start. My answer to that is just ask the NHL how excited they are that Vegas was that good and look at them today. Even today, it's sold out. Um, So the answer to your question is it's vital, crucial. It's really important. And and candidly, our expansion teams have not been that successful uh, in their first year. And and it's tough. It's tough recovering from an unsuccessful launch year. You only have one inaugural year ever in the history of any sports club and it kind of sets the tone for the next couple of years you know i don't think people understand how much work uh, and data analytics goes into things like what do the fans want who are the customers what are our uniforms going to look like what are we going to name the team like how much work goes into that enormous it's it's a 24 7 lifestyle business anyone who thinks pro sports is like hanging out in the locker room with celebrity athletes it's not that it's it's 24, I'm telling you, it's tw- I'm 27 years in sports now. It is morning, noon, and night. Uh, you're on it. You're, you have so many details, especially launching a club. Like they have 18 months to launch Las Vegas. And I was telling Mark Fine at the event, I'm like, dude, that is going to go by in a blink of an eye. And before you know it, you're going to be facing off. And that's 18 months. Yeah, Mark, by the way, is the CEO of the Las Vegas team. He's got plenty of work to do, but he's, I, I talked to him as well. He was glad that he's got uh, a decent runway and an amount of time to get yeah. there. 18 months is good. I had two years in Philly when I brought the soccer team here, and I would have liked to have more more time. I like the slogan you had on, on all the swag and the bags. Like Everybody around Vegas, you coming saw it was coming in hot. Yeah, coming I mean, hot. <laughs> and it was only 115 degrees when we were there. So like coming yeah. in hot, is hot, be hot, will be hot. <laughs> coming awesome. in and leaving hot. <laughs> they did such a great job out of the gate. Nick, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. Very, very simple question. Broad, but you tell me how you would define it. Somebody says to you, Nick, how do you define success? How do you define success? What is success for not only this team, but the NLL as a whole? Um, I I first define success as building an organization that cares about the fans first and is successful on on the field of play and in the boardroom. Um, That's how I define success of any organization, whether it's in sports or not. Um, and putting the customer first uh, in sports. That is kind of uh, unfortunately getting rarer and rarer that the fan is first, but I think that's still important at at the core. And then the other way I define it is long-term sustainability. And a lot of people don't know the NLL is 35 years old. That's that's a long time for a league. We're we're older than Major League Soccer, 
Um, You're older and, than Evan Novi Williams. <laughs> and it's important. Sustainability is important. We want to be around for many generations of lacrosse fans. And it's, it's our job to make sure we put the things in place so that we're around for a very long time. So sustainability is important. I think you made a very important distinction there. And you used both terms. You started by saying, take care of the customer. I think from what I've seen, my personal experience, too many folks in sports don't view fans as customers. This is a service business as well. You have to cater to the customer. And I don't often see that. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. Um, the customers come in a lot of forms, the the fans, the sponsors, the media, you guys, you're all customers. And we've got to nurture and take care of them. And that, that I think, fundamentally is something that we uh, got to remind people of every day. Great. Nick Sakevich, the commissioner of the NLL. Thank you for coming in hot. <laughs> coming in hot. Love it. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, you're awesome. Thanks for coming out to Vegas, too, by the way, Scott. You got it. My pleasure. All right, Nick. Thanks so yeah. much, my man. All right. Yep. Have a good one. Yep. Cheers. Be well. All right, see you soon. Evan Novi Williams at Novi Williams on Twitter. Coming in hot at Soshnik on Twitter. Our social media editor, Cora Veltman, likes me to remind you that the show is at Sportacast, which is the hub, the centerpiece of what will become the Sportico Podcast Network.